Welcome to Missionary Roundtable with your host, Kale Horvath. Welcome back to Missionary Roundtable. My name is Kale Horvath. I'm your host. So glad that you guys are joining us again this week as we continue to discuss the Great Commission, foreign missions, international missions work, and how all of that applies to us wherever we're at in our walk with the Lord, regardless of whether we're a church member, a, a seminary student, a prospective missionary. We all have a part to play in the Great Commission, and so we're taking this summer delving into different facets and aspects of international and foreign missions, and we with me this week, we've got another wonderful guest. Uh, we've got a missionary. Uh, his name is Bradley Edmondson, and Bradley is the director of Medical Missions Outreach. Uh, he's been serving in this capacity for some time. I'm excited for you guys to meet him and hear about his ministry and how he uses this uh, to to take the gospel to countries all over the world. Bradley, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of this program. I'm super excited uh, to share more about what God's called us to do and just uh, show some of the unique ways that we can use uh, our skill set to get the gospel around the world. So thank you for letting me be a part of this. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm excited for this conversation. Uh, I, I feel like you're such a busy guy that uh, to get you nailed down to have a conversation is, is special. So this is going to be awesome. Hey, anytime, any chance I can ever get to share about what God's doing through this ministry, I love taking the time. So thank you for having me. Yes, sir. So how many years have you uh, been serving um, as a missionary or or just how long has medical missions outreach been a thing? So my wife and I, we founded MMO. Well, that's kind of what we call it, MMO mm -hmm. uh, 16 years ago. So uh, for 16 years, we've been doing this ministry. Uh, we've been full time at it now for nine years. Uh, the first seven years, we were kind of uh, ministerially bivocational, if I could put it that way, sure. serving in a local church while also doing mission work, trying to build the ministry to a point where uh, it was sustainable for a full time ministry opportunity. Gotcha, gotcha. And and that does come with unique challenges because unlike a traditional missionary who's moving to their field to live there permanently, you are based in the U.S. but constantly on the go. Correct. Yeah. And so, and, and that's one of those things that it, you're right. It's, it's so unique in what we're called to do and how we accomplish it and trying to help people in the United States understand that, especially uh, pastors and church partners, trying to get them to understand why we have to live in the U.S., but how frequently we are traveling out and the need uh, for partnership financially, especially uh, with the prayers, as well as team members traveling from churches. Uh, it is a, a unique challenge. And so those those seven years were a lot of hard work and it felt like mm -hmm. complete uphill uh, travel the whole time. But now uh, we are seeing just incredible fruit uh, from that hard work. God is blessing tremendously. That's awesome. And, and you guys go on several trips a year, this year being a weird year. And, and we talked about before we started recording about how you've had to postpone a lot of trips until next year. Um, right. But typically, how many uh, medical missions trips do you guys do each year? Or I know you guys call it a season. Sure. So we're, we're probably our, our season is about 10 to 12 countries a year. Um, and so the summertime is a really heavy time for us where we're in two countries a month. 
And so, um, but being in those 10 to 12 countries gives us the uh, ability to treat about, we're, we're averaging right now around 23,000 patients a year come through our clinics. Wow, that's amazing. I, I know my wife, our church has supported Bradley and medical missions outreach for many years. My wife went on a medical missions trip with them uh, several years ago to Albania, yeah. um, where our head pastor used to be a missionary for uh, 14, 15 years. And uh, so she... Uh, not only loved the trip and and enjoyed it, and uh, but but she said that uh, you and your uh, wife and your family are a hoot and a half. So that's awesome. Oh yeah, Brooke was a <laughs> blessing. We loved working with her. We're gonna have to get her back with us sometime. Oh absolutely. We're gonna wait till you get over to Hungary, and we're gonna snag her to come over to another part of Eastern Europe and work with us. Yeah, sounds good to me. Or y- y'all could just come to Hungary, right? Hey, well, anytime. <laughs> While we're, we're waiting on that invitation. We exactly. Would love it. That's awesome. So uh, you do have a website. Um, it, what's the URL for your website so people can check you out? Sure. It's medical-outreach.com. Awesome. So you guys should definitely go, uh, after you listen to the podcast, check out their website. Um, but Bradley, why don't you just give us, uh, fill us in. What is Medical Missions Outreach? How does it function? And and who can go on these trips? Sure. So our, our um, vision for this, I'll give you a real quick history uh, I was pastoring a church in South Alabama. My wife is a family nurse practitioner and our community was a very small community, but has a large Hispanic presence. And my wife was the only medical professional in the community that was uh, bilingual, could speak English and Spanish. And so a large number of the Hispanic patients became her, uh, her became her patients in her practice. And as a result, the owner of the local hospital came to her and said, Hey, I want you to represent the hospital. He owned the, the owner owned her practice as well and said, I want you to represent the hospital and go on a trip with a medical group out of Montgomery, Alabama. And she came home very excited. My wife has mm-hmm. always had a passion for, for medical missions. Uh, I've always been passionate about missions, but knew nothing of medical missions at that point. And I just told her, I said, I'm sorry, there's no way you can go. Like, I, I couldn't even imagine you going by yourself. We were newlyweds. And all I could think of is, man, I would never see you again. Like, you know, especially <laughs> we were still just getting to know each other, you know, in that first year of marriage. And the owner of the hospital ends up calling me and he said, hey, listen, I want your wife to go so badly. What if I pay for you to go too? Would you go? And I said, in a, a drop of a hat, I'm there. I would love to go. And so uh, he did. He paid for us to go. And I told him, I said, I don't have any skills uh, to really offer a medical team, but I, I would love to be a part and I'll do anything y'all ask of me. And really that first trip, we were in the middle of absolute nowhere, the jungles of Peru. Um, if you look it up on a map, it's called Satipo. And literally it's in the middle of, the, they call it the Frontera out in the Amazon basin there. Wow. And um, we spent that week blown away the hundreds and hundreds of people that would come stand in line desperate for medical care. And uh, God really just began to move in our heart. Uh, We knew that he was doing something. And I remember sitting on that plane and looking at my wife, she's in tears emotionally. I'm just struggling. And I said, uh, what if we get get off the plane here? We have no children. We're debt free. Uh, We can tell everybody back home to sell our stuff. You start a clinic. I'll start a church. We could just stay here and we could continue ministering. And (laughs) Uh, we both knew that was kind of crazy. We came back home. Second year, the owner sent us to uh, Ecuador with another team. Uh, the third year, he came and approached us and I said, hey, I really appreciate this. But God started working in our heart. And the more I see these people standing in line, I want to do something to help them physically. Of course, I want them to have a better quality of life. But my faith within me is so passionate that I want to tell them about Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. I said, I appreciate your offer to send us on a third trip, but we actually called and and you would actually know the missionaries, the Hales down in the Dominican Republic. Oh, yeah, of course, Gary uh, and Allie Hale. 
Yeah, before Gary took over the ministry there, his father-in-law, Doug Hodges, was a missionary. And I've known Brother Doug my entire life. And I said, hey, uh, we, we're we going to take a medical team and we're going to go work with his church there in the Dominican Republic. And he looked at me and said, that's great. I'll still pay for everything. Uh, send <laughs> me the receipts for your airline tickets. Tell Kelly to go to the hospital pharmacy. She can get all the supplies she needs and oh, uh, medications. And that trip solidified in our heart uh, that that's what God was calling us to do. And, and really our vision, our heartbeat is to use medicine as a, a tool, to a magnet, to draw people to a place where we can ethically and compassionately care for them. But also we want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in their heart language. And by the only way we can accomplish that is we're passionate about the local church getting a local church to partner with us and the local church people share the gospel in their language, understanding the cultural differences, understanding the obstacles that people may face in hearing Jesus Christ and wanting to accept him as a part of their life and really their savior, their Lord and savior. And so, um, we are not a humanitarian organization. We are an evangelistic ministry uh, that just happens to do medicine. That's the way mm. we look at it. Well, and, and, so. and what I love about your ministry, Bradley, is like you said, it it differentiates, differentiates itself from humanitarian medical quote-unquote missions because right. not only are you sharing the gospel, but you are strategically partnering with a local church in that area and then having their people share the gospel after they come through the clinic. And then if they get saved, they can immediately be plugged into a church. So this isn't sure. a... Uh, it's not even a running gun, evangelize and leave, have a bunch right. of babies and leave them with no parents kind of a thing. Sure. This is local church centric, which I think is really unique in the different medical missions ministries that I've come across over the years. Um, how do you make sure that uh, you, you're partnering with local churches? Like, I'm, You probably don't pick a country and then find a church, right? You're, are you right. Used, leveraging opportunities with already established churches? Yeah, we do. So uh, either uh, a lot of this comes by word of mouth. Missionaries will hear about us through social media or through other missionaries in their countries. We really try to only go to a country by invitation. Mm -hmm. uh, there may be times where I might introduce myself to a missionary and say, hey, here's what we do. If we could ever be a blessing to you, you just let us know. But it's never a high pressure sales pitch. Hey, let us come. Um, and a lot of times it's going to be a missionary that I've I've done some research on. I found out, you know, more about where they come from, what type of church are they, mm -hmm. uh, you know, planting. Uh, is evangelism a passion for them and discipleship a passion for them? Because that's exactly what we want to be a part of. We mm -hmm. believe so strongly. And so uh, once we do hear from a missionary or we receive that invitation, we send them a host packet. And we just say, hey. Here's what you're here's what you should expect from us. And here's what we're expecting from you. And we begin going through all that. And um, we've worked with a lot of churches where it's a missionary saying, hey, I'm targeting a community. There's no church there yet, but we've already started a church in another community. And we're going to take people from this church and we're going to come over there and we're going to share the gospel. And we're going to uh, start going before you get here. We're going to start telling people, hey, a Bible study is coming. A church is going to be planted. And then we'll use that medical team to really influence the community or, or I should say more of broadcast uh, the plans for that new church plant through our medical team. So um, I, I can tell you, for instance, we were north of Nairobi about four hours, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And a church planter told me there's a part of our community. I've been praying to start a church. I have a man trained. He's prepared. He's ready to lead a church. Uh, we just need to start this. And we've been going out there for months now and holding Bible studies and homes. And now we're at the place where we feel strongly it's time to actually put this church in a building. Can we use the medical team to do it? 
and we did, man, we went there and for a week we worked and uh, we had close to 4,000 patients come through the clinic wow. that week. And every single one of them were, were, uh, you know, one-on-one with someone from that church, sharing the gospel, praying for them for their illness, praying for them to have a, a recovery or, you know, to, to get over the pain they may be in or whatever it may have been sharing that gospel with them and then telling them, Hey, next, this coming Sunday, there's a church starting right here in this building. Come back mm. and be a part of it with us. And, uh, at the end of the week, that Sunday happened, 88 people came to the service, there wow. were 12 professions of faith. I think that if I'm not mistaken, it's somewhere like six people were baptized that day <laughs> and it's still going strong today. Uh, Amen. every time I go back, I check on it, Abadair Baptist church, and I'm excited mm. to see how God is using it. Those are the things that we love to be a part of. Yeah, no, I think that's amazing because it's uh, sometimes medical missions, like I said, can get a, a negative stigma because it's like, sure. well, yeah, we want to help people physically, but we need to help them with their eternal destination even more so. And what you guys are doing are, are leveraging your your abilities and the abilities of people who go on the trips to be able to then meet their physical needs so that you can earn the Absolutely. right, quote unquote, to share the gospel with them. Yeah. And, and, you know, we kind of know the history of uh, of the movement within the U.S. where there was a, uh, you know, a couple of decades ago, a strong social gospel uh, being presented in our country. And it swung so far, the pendulum swung so far that there was really no faith attached to it. It was just people doing good works, but not really sharing their faith and not trying mm-hmm. to plant churches and grow churches and discipleship was not really a part of it. And now our pendulum has swung so far the other way that the thought of social gospel is such a negative connotation mm. that we won't know part of it. But we know that scripture teaches us that we have to be balanced. Mm. Uh, you know, Jesus fed the multitudes and preached the gospel. Luke 9, 2, he sent them to preach the kingdom and to heal the sick. I mean, there's so many uh, ref- references in scripture that we can find this balance and we can do this correctly. And that's definitely our passion. And so the way I, we, we see uh, our philosophy is, hey, come, let us treat you. Let us see your problems. Let us uh, lay hands on your your wound to to clean it, to bandage it, to give you medications. Let us do all of those things completely free of charge. And once we're done with that, once we're done helping you, uh, we're going to let you meet with a church person. And then you can make a decision 100% on your own. There's nothing hinging. If, if you don't pray this prayer or if you don't listen to them, we're not going to give you medicine. It's nothing like that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is 100%. Let us show you how much we care uh, before we let you know how much we know about Jesus. Let us be Jesus and then let us tell you about Jesus and then let us give you that opportunity to make that decision. And I think that just presents this beautiful uh, opportunity for people to have this, you know, it's all on their shoulders. Uh, there's no pressure from us whatsoever that they have to become like us or join this church. Uh, we just want to simply tell them how good God is. He's yeah. been so good. He's loved us so much that we can love you even though we don't know you. And we would love to tell you more about him. That's awesome. Now, let's say someone is listening to this and they don't know me, they don't know you, but they, they love the Lord. They go to a church somewhere and they're a nurse or they work in an eye clinic or something. And, and they're like, I've always wanted to go on a medical missions trip. Is that something that's available to them or, or does, it, it, does it have to be something that their church is involved in? Can, can they go to the website and go on a trip? 
No, we would love for you to come. You can go to our website. You can check out all the information about us. And I encourage you to study up on us, find out who we are first to make sure you feel comfortable partnering with us. I would also encourage you to check out our social media, uh, Facebook. We, we put tons of videos, pictures, all kind of information so that people feel very comfortable with us. Our website is very informative. Uh, and speaking of that, June 1st, uh, there'll be a new website launch with all kind of new information. So you'll want to check that out too. Uh, but check out that information to know who we are and then let us know. We do offer medical, dental, optical, surgical, and physical therapy as part of our ministry. And so if you fall into one of those categories or you're in the medical community and maybe you say, well, uh, I, I have a, a more specialized, that's okay. Uh, we would love to talk to you and share with you how you could still be a part of our ministry, partner with us. And basically what we encourage you to do is go to the website. There's a page where we go. Uh, look at all the different countries, read about the missionaries that we're going to serve and the churches that we're going to partner with and just start praying about it and, and seeing which one you feel you know that God could use you. And then I would encourage you to step out in faith. A lot of people, if I'm honest with you, uh, the, one of the first things I hear from people is I want to do this, but I, I don't know if I can get the time off and I don't know if I can afford a trip. And those are the things that to me, it's like, leave that up to God, you know, just, just, just say, God, I'm open to go. You, you laid on my heart. You show me where, you know, you, you direct me and I'm willing to step out and go. And, uh, in 16 years of doing this, never once have I ever had once. And I don't even know how many thousands of people have traveled with us now, but not one time have I ever had a person call me and say, Hey, God just didn't provide the money. I can't hmm. go. It's never once happened. I've heard so many miraculous stories about, hey, my great aunt that I never even met heard I was going <laughs> and sent me some money or our church just out of the blue took up a love offering and partnered with me to go or, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, those are the simple things that God can handle. But go to that website. Check it out. We would love for, for you to go. And you don't even have to be a medical professional either. I was just uh, going to ask you that. What about us normal people, Bradley, who yeah. aren't doctors and stuff? Because it sounds to me like what you were saying earlier is your wife is the brains of the medical stuff. And you're just the charm and the salesman. No, well, I'm just the guy who carries <laughs> luggage. That's all I do now. That's a, I, I'm, I'm there to carry luggage. She's the brains and the beauty of the whole operation. Uh, yeah. So listen, it, even uh, what we would say a non-medical volunteer, we need those folks on our trip. Uh, for every one medical professional, I need three non-medical volunteers to travel with us. Oh, wow. So that okay. It, it helps us run a clinic uh, in a more fluid manner because mm -hmm. I could take you and teach you some very simple things. I could teach you how to uh, take a blood pressure and weights and temperatures and you're helping in the triage. And, and if you mess up that blood pressure, don't worry. A medical professional is going to know that this number is off. Let me recheck it. In fact, <laughs> they almost always recheck it anyways. And so, you know, it's good, uh, but you're able to help speed the process up a little bit more. Uh, you could work in our pharmacy. On average, our pharmacists fill about 12,000 prescriptions every four days. And even just having someone that can take the bottle off the shelf, hand it to them so that they can fill it faster and then put it back on the shelf. Those kind of things, saving steps, saves minutes and helps us see more patients. There's there's a, awesome. just a plethora of ways you can get involved. Uh, Brooke worked in the optical clinic. Uh, there's simple things that you're just helping to take one of those small pieces of this puzzle. You do that small piece so that the medical professional then can step back and look at all these mm -hmm. different pieces. They can put it all together correctly, make the correct diagnosis, help the patient correctly. And it's just a beautiful uh, to me, it's another beautiful thing to watch the body of Christ serving together. Yeah, that's awesome. Everybody, 
we tell people you can't be flexible because that's too stiff. You got to be fluid. People <laughs> just coming in and saying, hey, I'll do anything. I just want to serve. Yeah. And if you come with that type of a personality, that mindset, it is absolutely beautiful what God does through mm. these teams. Now, you might not know this, Bradley, but before I worked in ministry, I was a certified pharmacy technician. There, so, so listen, you're holding I, out on me. I can I count pills by in I can count by fives as fast as anyone, man. So All I, right, well, listen, give me a spatula and a tray and I'll be counting them for you. <laughs> you better be careful now. I'm like, start praying that God changes your field of direction to come serve with MMO now. <laughs> oh man. So that's amazing. So if you guys are listening to that, uh, medical professionals for sure, but even if you're not a medical professional, you should check this out. And I might even say, listen, most churches who plan their missions, uh, trips, in the summer. I know our church has had to cancel or postpone everything for this summer. And so if you're thinking about this, as we're talking about missions this summer on Missionary Roundtable, man, why don't you start praying about what you're going to be doing next year? Start saving your money, start doing extra work, start praying that God would provide and what trip you'd want to go on and look at their website and see if there's a trip that you could sign up for. Because even though this year there's not a lot happening during the summer, man, that, that gives you a whole year or maybe a little bit less to be working out the, the logistics and raising money for that kind of a thing. Yeah, and we definitely take the work out of it for the church. Uh, when a church calls us and communicates, hey, listen, we looked on the calendar. Uh, we see the trip you have going to Nicaragua or the trip you have going to Tanzania. We want to be a part of it. Um, we're able to handle all the logistics, you know, for a pastor, for the staff, for them to have to think about what hotel are we staying at? How are we getting the buses? Are we going to be concerned about food safety? Where are we going to stay? Uh, what about those airline tickets and all those things? We handle 100% of the arrangements for everyone mm -hmm. involved. Um, and so it, we can take that work out of it. We also provide a platform for each person that signs up. They get their own account within our website where they get a link. People from their family, from their church can give straight to their account. Uh, all of the accounting is handled. It's transparent for everyone to know what's going on and see how the money is spent. Uh, so we make it very easy for folks. So yeah, if you're if you're thinking about that as a church group, please, mm. uh, our passion is to help people see the mission field. Uh, we've had so many people go with us, and now, Pastor, listen. If you're if you're wanting to be one of the pastors that wants to keep everybody within your church, then we might not be the people for you because <laughs> we are going to tell them all week long. Pray about where God's going to send you, where God's mm -hmm. going to use you. We have so many people that have traveled with us that are now living abroad as missionaries, serving on the field, that have surrendered to full time missions. Uh, we want to help people see their potential uh, for for serving in this way because. Again, a lot of people say, what can I do? Uh, just like you said, uh, you know, before I went into ministry, I was a pharmacy tech. There, I get people all the time. I, well, I'm, I'm a nurse. What can I do for full-time ministry? Man, mm -hmm. you can do a lot. Um, <laughs> we actually, January this year, launched our own uh, missions agency specifically for medical missionaries. And now as we have full-time doctors and nurses joining our ministry uh, to live abroad in our clinic settings, to travel with us permanently, uh, you know, those kind of things, we're showing people you absolutely have the potential to see thousands, tens of thousands of people come to know Christ as their Savior a year for churches to completely just be strengthened and blown away by this. I mean, could you imagine, um, I tell people all the time, so if 
25,000 patients a year, you know, 2350, somewhere right in there is what we're seeing. Um, we're averaging, and this is not to try to sound braggadocious, but people are telling us, churches are telling us, you know, man, uh, this past year, I think it was close to 8,500 people that said that they wanted to start a relationship with Christ. Wow. Um, if you could, if you just think of it, what if it were only 10% of those people actually started attending church. Mm. That's still 800 people. That's a that's an incredible number of people attending church and, yeah. and getting into discipleship And getting programs. plugged into a local national church that's yeah. already there. That's I love it, man. That's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. Um, and like so you said, you this is a this is a great exposure trip for someone who um, we've talked about this on the show before, just going and seeing the field and the need and let that right. burden your heart to uh, to give more, to work for the Lord differently. I uh, I actually, you, know, you may not know this, but um, so when I, I surrendered my life to missions when I was 21, like six months after Brooke and I got married, and uh, I didn't know what God was going to do, but I was just surrendered to God, whatever you have us to do, I'm, I'm all in, whether you move us across the world or not. And uh, after a couple years of her going on trips with me, I was like, you know, my wife is, she's the sweetest person you'll ever meet and super kind and she'll go along with anything, but I, I don't want to drag her to the field. I want God to call her as well. I want her to feel burdened. And so, uh, what I loved about it is she has a medical background. She's worked in a podiatry office and most recently she worked in an optical office. Um, and so I was like, why don't you just go on this medical missions trip with Bradley and the guys and just by yourself, I didn't go with her. Now I, I think I might've been in Hungary the same week. So I, I did my right. own thing, but she went by herself and had her own experience with the Lord and, uh, and she loved it and she fell in love with missions even more so. And so awesome. if anyone out there just wants to experience and see the field, uh, to see that the harvest is ripe and, and ready, it, uh, this is a great way to do it. And you're doing real ministry. You're not j- like, if your fear is like, well, am I just going to be painting walls or, you know, doing whatever? No, no, no. You're, you're doing real ministry and seeing the field. Yeah, absolutely. You'll see people who are at some of these people we encounter at our clinics. They're at some of the most vulnerable times of their life. Um, I could, I could tell you story after story about people coming in who are in abusive relationships and they're coming in, uh, you know, because they're scared and they just really needed someone to talk to. And, and, uh, we come to people who are facing addiction issues, who are just battling mental illnesses or people who are scared because they have a diagnosis and they know they're dying. Um, I can't even begin to tell you what it's like to be there to comfort someone, to be just, a, as I was saying a minute ago, a, a cog in that wheel that turns to help all these patients, mm. uh, to be that person who was the first one just to meet them when they came in the door and give them a big smile and welcome them because you only know one word in their language, but you can say it with a big smile on your face and they know it. And man, their heart instantly begins to soften because they already feel a love. They feel something that's different about this place that they don't experience. And, uh, you know, some of the other things in their culture, or maybe uh, the way socialized medicine is handled in their country. People just, you know, uh, what we find a lot of times in the countries we work in is that um, the value of human life uh, is just diminished. And so when we come in and we are doing our best to tell them that they are important, that they're, that they matter, that everything they're going through, we want to do our best to help them uh, because they were created in the image of God, just like we were. Um, you, you being a part of that is just something so significant. And what I hear all the time from people, uh, it's addicting. 
Mm. I, I loved it. It was addicting because number one, it was easy. All I had to do was show up at the uh, airport on time. And that was really all I had to do. And then <laughs> everything else was kind of done for me. And they sent me packets of information and emails that kind of explained it all. Uh, but then when I got there during the week and just see the impact that these teams have, I can't wait to do it again. And so that's really our heart's desire and our prayer. We want to work as hard as we possibly can to get more people to the mission field to experience this. And our prayer is even if God doesn't call you to serve overseas, that you come back with this renewed passion of, okay, now how can I replicate that in my community? How can I look for the, the people who are down and out? How can I look for the people who are, uh, you know, needing help? And, and how can I have my eyes wide open on a daily basis to care for other people and then get them into my church? Mm -hmm. uh, that's really how we want to, we want to approach this with our team members. That's awesome. And and again, I'm on your website right now, which is medical-outreach.com, and I'm just looking at your team, and there's a lot of moving pieces, man. There's a lot of cogs. Yeah. This is a big uh, operation here. I see nine or ten people, and so certainly you know, how a, a, a traditional missionary like myself, you're finishing up deputation, you're, you're raising money for your budget and salary and whatnot and ministry expenses for your family. Um, but you guys, you, you have an entire operation, so I'm sure you guys are constantly looking for funds. And so, yeah. uh, if, if, if you want to give a shout out to any pastors who might be listening, who are, who are interested and in maybe not just, uh, you know, sending people on trips, but maybe even, you know, partnering with your ministry, what, what would you like to tell them? Well, listen, first of all, I would say we have on that page, there are several missionaries who are still continuing to raise support, but they've already stepped out in faith and they're already a part of our ministry and they're serving while they're raising funds. We have others that are not listed on that page that are currently in the deputation process. You're absolutely right. Uh, it does cost money for this for this ministry to continue to work. Um, I think that we are one of, if I would love to share our financial financials uh, with people if they're interested, because we make it completely transparent. We do our best to be good stewards of what God has given to us. Um, in fact, um, I'm weird. I read other ministries, 990s, which probably sounds very, <laughs> very crazy and probably taboo. I don't know. But I like to see like, okay, God gave you how much, what are you accomplishing with it? Mm. And I'm very proud of what God is doing through this ministry, how he takes the, the little and multiplies it. If people knew what our annual budget was and yet how much we're able to accomplish, it's amazing. And we know that the more people that partner with us, all it's going to do is enable us to do more and so um, I think that there are even bigger, uh, mo more amazing miracles on the horizon for our ministry. And so pastors who are interested in uh, investing uh, in kingdom work with us, we would absolutely love the opportunity to tell you more, to come and share with your church uh, about this ministry and to encourage more people to get involved. Um, we can promise to be a good partner to your church. Uh, if you send people with us, we're going to send them back, hopefully, being uh, better prayer warriors for missions, to give to your missions program, to want to get more involved in the ministries of your church. Uh, we really honestly feel like we're a double-edged sword of a ministry that we can help a local church on a foreign field, uh, get the gospel out in their community and tell the community more about their church. But we also fervently pray that when we send people back to local churches in America that have partnered with us, that they go back being better members of that body of Christ there. 
And like I said, giving to missions, praying for missions, involved in the ministries of their local church. Uh, that's, that is one of our big burdens that we want to be able to affect local churches, no matter where they are. Mm. Uh, we're a part of a local church. We're a ministry of Rosedale Baptist church here in Baltimore, Maryland. And we, we are just as involved in our local church here. We want to help get the gospel out in Baltimore. When we're at home, we're involved in ministry, but when we're on the field, we want to build those churches. Uh, we know that's where it's at in the local church. That's what God's given us to reach this world. Awesome. Well, again, you guys can check out the website for more information, and and the fruit of his ministry is 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 self evident and obvious if you check it out or know anybody who's been on a trip. I, I know that we have a multitude of people in our own church who have been on these trips um, because they they really are making a difference. But if you don't mind, Bradley, just for a little bit here, um, c- could we just peel back the curtain a little bit on Bradley sure. Edmondson and uh, see behind the scenes because you mentioned at the beginning, you gave us that quick rundown of how medical uh, missions outreach MMO was started. Um, but if you could go back even a little bit further and just in your own personal life, um, at, were you raised in church? What, what, how did God lead you in a direction that, cause you, I believe you said that I was always interested in missions. Well, what yeah. led to that? And then what guided you down this path to wanting to do missions full time with your, with your life? Yeah. So I was, I was raised in church my whole life. God uh, was gracious to me and allowed me to be born into a very Christ-centered home. Uh, my parents are just, you know, amazing. My dad and I, we still talk every day. We have a great relationship. Uh, he's always been an incredibly godly man and example in my life. And uh, my parents' desire always was, you know, hey, just do whatever God calls you to do, anything, but just do what God calls you to do. I did not grow up in a ministry home. My father uh, is not a pastor. My father has, uh, he's been a civil servant working for the government my whole life until he retired a few years ago. My mom was a, a, a teacher at a school. Um, and so it wasn't as if I, re- I was raised in a pastor's home, but my parents were just active church members that wanted their children to, you know, grow up and do something for God. And so they always encouraged me in that. Uh, I did go on my first mission trip when I was in ninth grade and it was to see Doug Hodges. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that ninth grade year for me, God used that to open my eyes. And um, I fell in love with the idea of going to reach people. Um, and I grew up in a youth group where we had outreach and evangelism programs on a regular basis. And so um, I, I was blessed to have a gospel centric uh, home and ministry that I was a part of that really encouraged me to think that way and even a global aspect as well. And so when I went to college, um, you know, I was like any other teenager, you know, got a little later in my teen years and kind of didn't know for sure that that's what I want to do. And maybe uh, kind of had a little rebellious streak, if you will. Uh, but when I got to college, uh, I went to a Christian college and um, I started studying pastoral ministries, but I minored in missions uh, because I knew at some point in my life that was going to be a focus um, and, and that I wanted to, to do more, even if it was being a pastor and being a better supporter of missions, how could I prepare myself to do anything to be a part of missions? Um, and so that, that was really how it started for me. Um, and then I met my wife. Um, my wife was actually finishing school, uh, college when we started to date, we really only dated one semester on campus. And then she graduated and went back to Boston where she's from. 
Um, and she had just told me in her testimony, uh, I, I prayed since I was 12. Her testimony was from 12 years old. She started praying that God would allow her to marry someone going into the ministry. And she had always wanted to be involved in missions. But she told me, but when I met you, uh, I was surrendered to follow you wherever God led you, wherever God would call you. And so if that's to be a pastor, I'll be a pastor's wife. I would be more than happy to do that. And so that's initially what we thought when we went to pastor in rural Alabama, where it was about an hour from where I, I grew up, uh, that that's where we were going to be the rest of our life. Hmm. Uh, but missions was still a part of it. We, we started helping that church build a missions program, start giving more to missions, thinking and praying more about missions. And uh, lo and behold, uh, like I said, uh, God opened that door for us to be able to go on that first trip and it changed everything. I never would have seen my life uh, in this way. Uh, if you would have asked me, you know, 20 years ago, do you see yourself as a full-time missionary? No, as a medical missionary, absolutely not. No, no way I would ever get to do something like this, but God has been so good. And, you know, for 16 years doing this, uh, I've learned so much. Uh, I feel like I can, I can really, uh, talk shop with the medical community if I need to, to help them understand what we do. Um, I'm actually in the process right now of pursuing uh, additional education in the healthcare field so that I can be uh, a better leader. Uh, but absolutely, uh, the the whole focus is going to be church planting, and God has been good to allow me to be a part of it. Man, you are you're a machine, man. And if your if your wife, I don't know your wife as well as you, but if she's anything like you, you guys are a power couple uh, well, when it comes she's to that. The man. Better. She's the better <laughs> half for sure, man. Um, how long did you pastor in Alabama? For five years. Five years. Five years. Yep. You know, so that it, is really cool because you don't hear often of of guys who, you know, got the training, did their discipleship, went to seminary, what have you, took a pastorate role, and then left that pastorate to go into missions. And I, I it's near and dear to my heart because that, that was my story is, you know, right. it's, it's not— you know, for a lot of guys, when you take on a ministry of being a pastor, that's something you desired and worked for and strived for for years. And to give that up is it's not like you're just promoting yourself to the new position. It's it's hard because you're like, I, I really feel like God is leading me into this. And now this is going to be great. But it's not just uh, it's not easy. It's part of counting the cost, I think. And and yeah, even absolutely. though you guys have an amazing ministry, I'm sure it wasn't easy at first to give up that pastorate to pursue God in this area. Yeah, because you definitely go to that. Um, I, if I'm completely transparent with you, I struggled big time when we started the deputation process. Oh, me too. Uh, I, Oh man, I f it was one of those fights that I would have. I would go into the office to start trying to make phone calls and call churches to raise support. And the reaction that I would get from people, I, I remember one day just, I was so angry and it's all, it's all pride. That's all it was, it was all pride. Yeah. But I was so angry and I said, God, you didn't call me to hold up a cardboard sign begging for people to give <laughs> me money so that I can go reach the world. Yeah. Would you please just do something here? Work a miracle. Lord, please, I, I want to serve, but this is so tough. You're right. It is. It's hard from going, you know, if you want to, you want to say that you were the head man or whatever you want to say, you were, you were somebody who had a, a little bit of a, uh, a position to then being the person that's actually out there with your hand out saying, please help yeah. me go. Uh, yeah, it's, that's it's tough. very humbling. It is very humbling. It's very tough. And with, within our network of unaffiliated Baptist churches, 
Um, it was another battle, like I said mm. earlier, to educate them that I'm not a humanitarian. I, 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 you know, while I love that principle that I am, I'm for humans and I'm, I'm for <laughs> helping people. Yeah. Uh, that's not my call, that I'm not just going out to do good works. I'm going to share the gospel sure. and just trying to get people, we please just give me two minutes to explain how we do what we do. Yeah. Uh, usually if I could get that, if I could just get my foot in the door and explain <laughs> how we do it, it's like, oh, okay, now that's something I can believe in. That's something that I can get mm. behind. And you were fighting an uphill battle because, because it's hard for a traditional missionary going to the field to raise funds, but then to right. do what you're doing, most guys are probably like, yeah, okay, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, we give kind of the, if you will, we give the benefit of the doubt to a missionary a church planter by saying, okay, well you need the funds so that you can go plant a church. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll give you the three years of deputational funds to then get you to the field. We'll take a for chance. Me, yeah. 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 For me, it's like, well, I need to see some results now mm. before I would support you. So for me to have the sales pitch, if you will, to have yeah. the sales brochure, okay, here's <laughs> how it works. And this is what we're doing. Um, you know, my wife and I not trying to sound pious or anything. We, we blew our whole life savings because we, we had to do the work first <laughs> so that we could prove to the churches, this is real. This is legitimate. This wow. absolutely will help churches. And of course, God blesses. God has been of more course, than good yeah. to our family. But uh, that was really the and you know um, when we first started this 16 years ago, every other denomination has medical missions except for unaffiliated Baptists. We were like the <laughs> only people who were just kind of out in the cold. Nobody really does this. And even to date, when I go to churches, I still have people come up to me who maybe only know that type of church setting who will say, I have never heard of anything like this before. This is so exciting. Mm. Yeah, and it's like, you know, you're like doctors without borders. I'm like, uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> we, we do help provide medical care, but it's all about Jesus. It yeah. is all about Jesus. It's all about the local church. And we're Baptists. Um, Yay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're, we're always trying to help uh, people understand that it really is our passion that, that we are somebody that can be trusted. That's, that's big. Mm -hmm. That's big for us. And that's big for our staff uh, that we want people to understand that they can trust us as a financial partner to be accountable for the money. They can trust us theologically that we're going to stay focused. In fact, even when we put our board together, our board consists of uh, three pastors who are part of this board to keep us theologically aligned. We have uh, two Christian businessmen to help us financially stay accountable and be transparent in what we do. Uh, we have three medical doctors to help us be ethical in our care of people. We wanted that balanced approach so that people could trust us. That, But first and foremost, we're going to stay center of the road there. It's all about Jesus. It's all about discipleship. It's all about that church. We're just going to be that yeah. conduit to introduce these people. That's really all we are. We're just a big networking tool. Let us help you be introduced to your community, the community to your church. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You, you are right. It's kind of funny that you went to the deputation side because that is kind of the thing that like people don't want to talk about. Like even when oh, yeah. we're talking about, you know, talking to teenagers, and young adults about going into missions, nobody really says, oh yeah, and there's this deputation thing. You're going to love it. And it's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of understood that, man, this is going to be hard, but you don't really know what you're getting into until you get into it. And for, uh, for maybe for a kid who comes right out of Bible college or something and goes into it, it's hard, but he doesn't really know anything else. But like right. you said, when you've, when you've been in ministry as a pastor or something, and, and there is a little bit of pride for sure, but even just feeling like, that, well, this is what I do. And then right. you step into deputation and now you kind of feel like a telemarketer because yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're calling people who don't know you and yep. didn't want you to call them and asking them for money. <laughs> it's, it's a weird, you're one I, of, you're <laughs> one of 10 other callers today. Oh that's yeah. Already called. 
Yeah. I, and I get that. I was there. I remember what that was like to have missionaries constantly calling. And it's like, man, I love I missions and I love how, how excited you are. And I want to help you. I just don't have the money. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't ever want to come across cynical. Uh, I think it's just the reality. It is yeah. a tough process. Um, I don't, if I'm completely honest with you, I think there's some kinks that we could probably work out within sure. how we send missionaries. I, I believe that it, it, that's definitely an uphill battle to get everybody on a, on a page mm-hmm. where we could do that. Uh, but um, I'm realistic about it too, that, um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to perpetually be on deputation because our ministry is constantly growing. Mm-hmm. We're building clinics. We just built an 8,000 square foot surgical center in Honduras. Oh, We're wow. getting ready to build a, uh, it's partnered with a local church. It's right there beside their church building. And it's amazing. It's beautiful. Uh, we're about to build a women's health clinic in Tanzania. Uh, we bought two acres of land, our land. Uh, we can knock down the fence from the church now so that we can join our two acres to theirs. We're mm. building a women's health clinic there. We're going to do the same thing in South Africa and the Philippines and Haiti. Um, but it's going to take money uh, to get these things accomplished. So I know I'll be on perpetual So you've found a way to continue to stay on deputation forever. Oh, man, because I love it. It is so awesome. Uh, that is funny because even with the flaws, and, and I don't think anybody would be, uh, you know, naive enough to not admit that there are some flaws, but it also does build, there's some faith builders, uh, sure. that before you step out onto the field that God helps you deal with right while you're here. And for Absolutely. me anyway, and learning to trust him in certain areas, I told my wife once, I'm like, man, sometimes I feel like I'm like a, a vacuum cleaner salesman, you know, yeah. like everyone needs a vacuum cleaner, but I kind of already have one and I wasn't really right. looking for a new one, but I kind of like you, I guess I'll hear your pitch and, um, exactly. And make it good. Make it good. Yeah, right. So. Right. Make it count. But but yeah, you know what? That's the way we're going through with these new missionaries as they're joining us. Um, yeah. I, I'm known within our ministry for oversimplifying things. Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, it's going to be great. You'll be done in two years. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, get after it. It'll be good. You'll, you'll love it. And then, and, you know, it, but you're right. For some of the people, um, it is a huge obstacle uh, it keeps, I think it, honestly, I think it keeps people away from going into missions. There's mm. there. I've met many a person that said, if it weren't for the raising of funds part, I would have been a missionary years ago. Mm. I think that's sad. Uh, that's, that's a part of, like you said, it's a, it's that stepping out in faith. You can do it. Trust God. He already knows what you need. He's already got it there waiting for you. You just got to go get it. And, you know, yeah. um, but uh, it is tough. Um, uh, but I'm glad, I'm glad that I had those struggles. I'm glad because in my frustration, in my, um, times where I wanted to quit was the times where God showed himself strongest. Mm. Uh, that, that pastor that I didn't expect to take my phone call that did, uh, that church that said, Hey, don't even worry about coming. Uh, we love what we heard. We love the digital packet you sent to us. We're just going to take you on for support. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, you start hearing those things. You start seeing the miracles, uh, the gifts that would come. You know, hey, we heard that you had that special project and our church took up a love offering. I don't even know your mm-hmm. church. I don't know your people. And yet God used you. Yeah. Um, God has been so good uh, that I, I wouldn't trade this for anything in the world. I, yeah. I, I honestly, I tell people all the time, I think God loves me more than he loves anybody else because <laughs> he lets me do this. He, he allows me to do it. And there are so many people that would do a way better job at it, but I'm going to hang on with both hands and do this for as long as he lets me. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and, and I think maybe sometimes the hard part is like, if you're a go-getter, which if you're going to do deputation, you, 
you need to be a bit of a go-getter or, or teach yourself to be uh, because nobody's going to tell you to get up in the morning and go raise money. But right. when you're used to like, okay, man, I'm, I'm going to work hard, plow through and get this thing done. Deputation teaches you or at the very least makes you learn to trust God because you can, yeah. you can think you're smooth and you can think you've got your pitch together. If God doesn't raise the funds, you ain't getting them. You oh, know? that's true. And hey, listen, you and I are talking this, uh, talking about this from the aspect of someone called into ministry that was probably extroverted in our personality. We're used to speaking in front of people. We mm -hmm. know how to prepare a sermon and and to just convey those thoughts to people. Uh, try dealing with a medical professional, somebody that for mm -hmm. you know for years, like I'm thinking specifically of one of our our uh, director of educational services. For years, she's been working in an ICU. It's her and one patient one on one because of their critical care needs. Uh, now she's asked to go speak in front of 300 people and kind of almost be grilled and, and Hey, prepare something for the children's ministry. And Hey, do you play the piano and sing and all these kind of <laughs> yeah, things? And yeah. it's like, uh, our doctor that lives in Honduras now that runs our surgical center, uh, him stepping out of that role within a hospital setting. Uh, he was absolutely terrified the first time he mm. was asked to speak at a church and, and kind of preach. And yeah. I told him, I said, you can do it, man. You've been a Sunday school teacher for years at your church there in West Virginia. You can do this. It's in a, in front of a little bit bigger crowd, but you can mm -hmm. absolutely do this. Just give them what God's laid on your heart, you know, share those things. Um, and, and so it is, it's, it's been amazing to even watch our team, our medical professionals, mm -hmm. how it's grown their faith and even them understanding God will give me all the skills that I need to accomplish what he's calling me to do. I don't have to already come with it in my tool bag. He's going to have the tools and give it to me. He's going to show me, hey, listen, I'm calling you to do this. Don't worry about it. I'll give you what you need to, to get through it. Trust me. Step out in faith. Just follow me. Yeah. And as you watch him provide along the way and and provide in ways that you would have never thought. Like I remember at one point I was a, I was a little frustrated at uh, – I don't know. It's just sometimes there's plateaus in the support. Sure. You'll go through a couple months where you, you like jump like 10, 20 percent. And then right. all of a sudden you stay at the same for a while. And right. I was a little frustrated and praying. And I, and I went on this trip to visit a missionary actually who invited me to go speak at a missions conference. And and I wanted to and it was going to be a blast. Um, but I managed to meet a guy in another country who was from a different country who worked in Afghanistan with the government and all this stuff. And he had like five or six countries like somehow. And, sure. and, and he's like, Hey man, I'd like to support you. And I was like, Oh, you know, I'm kind of thinking in my head, you know, carnally like, Oh, well that's nice. You know, right. um, you talk to your pastor and maybe, maybe you could pray for us. And he's like, no, no, no. I, I have an American bank account. I work for the government in another country. Like, just tell me where to send it. And I was like, well, you can check out our website for more info. I didn't even think about it, forgot about it. A couple months later, he's, he sends uh, recurring payments that are uh, payments. I, I'm saying that is in a digital account way. Sure, you know? sure, right, he right. sends a recurring uh, support that's more than like a lot of churches. Just oh, that yeah. one man. That, and, and God did so much for me. It, it's almost like he smacked me in the face and was like, Kale. I can raise the support however I want to calm right. down. I was yeah. like, oh, you're right, Lord. I'm sorry. <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, uh, absolutely. He, he just proves himself faithful over and over again. And man, I didn't know this was going to turn into a little deputation talk too, but that's a, a little extra <laughs> added bonus, medical uh, missions yeah. and deputation. That was Absolutely. Listen, if there's good. anybody out there that's starting this process, don't give up. I know it's tough. Mm. Uh, we did ours a little different too. We were already involved in the ministry. So we kind of did things backwards. I did things a little <laughs> backwards too. I didn't always take my family because I have four children. It was not always conducive for their educational situations. My wife was still seeing patients working at a practice to kind of help us, you know, make ends meet during those times. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was a struggle at times. Uh, there were times where I sat in a hotel room, 
just ready. God, please let me go home. I'm just, I want to go home. I want to be with my family. But now looking back on it, our family unit is so strong. Uh, God has done so much with our family. Um, we, we love what we do. We talk about it nonstop at our house. We are mm -hmm. always talking about medical missions. We're always talking about our ministry, what God allows our family to do. Um, and, and we love it. Wouldn't change it for anything. That's awesome. Well, Hey man, as we kind of go circle back and kind of wrap up this, uh, this talk about medical missions and, and specifically, we've been talking about your ministry and MMO and what you guys do. But, uh, if you want to just broach the subject of medical missions in general, you know, sure. we've kind of talked about some people, uh, it, it may not have a great connotation. What, mm -hmm. what is the difference between doing medical missions right and doing it uh, I don't want to say wrong, but just not sure. so biblically, I guess. What? How do you do medical missions right? Yeah, so I think there's several. That's a that's almost a very loaded question. Um, so every year, our ministry participates in the country's largest um, medical missions conference. It's out in Kentucky. Uh, we go there every year, and we're surrounded by a lot of different organizations and ministries. And I would never once ever want to throw a stone at anyone, but I, I listen to philosophy of how things are carried out. First of all, um, we treat this uh, with we want to have the highest ethical standards we can. Uh, that just because we're in a country that might not have the educational standards that we have, or they might not even have uh, the certifications or the guidelines and protocol like we have in the U.S., we tell our team every time when we get there, we're going to do things right. Um, mm. We do allow nurses to see patients. Uh, asking them what their problems are, trying to get a diagnosis, but uh, they're not going to just give them medication that they couldn't do here in the States. It's mm -hmm. not as if they can go write a prescription that's going to be honored in a pharmacy. So they can't do it on, on the form field either. They're going to collaborate with someone with an advanced degree. They're going to speak to a doctor about it. And then together that doctor will be responsible for writing that prescription. Uh, we're going to have medical professionals dispensing the medication, telling them what it is, what it's for, how to take it. Uh, we take that extremely serious. All it takes is one patient getting hurt and our ministry is over. Uh, you know, we could be sued. We could uh, have something happen that would just be a, a blight on uh, on what we're trying to accomplish in the name of missions. Uh, so we take that very serious. So uh, first and foremost, I make sure people understand we're not medical mercenaries just going out there <laughs> doing anything we can. We worked in Haiti after the earthquake. And what a travesty to see the way people were treated there. And that's another discussion for another time. Uh, but we that week to or excuse me, that that instant, that that situation really helped us within our heart to say we're going to have high standards of how we take care of people. Um, we're going to do everything within our, our power if possible. So that's a first thing about medical missions that I think is very important for people to understand. And if your church is involved in medical missions, because I know a lot of churches have so many medical professionals that they start their own medical ministry within their church. Um, I would I would implore you to do things ethically, mm -hmm. uh, do everything you possibly can to get all the licenses, to get all the permissions, to do everything you can in those countries so that when you leave, that missionary doesn't have his name tarnished because local officials come in and say, hey, you didn't do this right. You didn't get these permissions. And, uh, you know, you you paid bribes instead of doing this correctly. You know, all the, mm -hmm. we work two years in advance a lot of times with countries so that we can do this correct. And uh, do we always have every single T crossed and every I dotted? We're doing our best. And sometimes we don't know because the countries are so disorganized that they don't even know. But we're definitely going to do our best. Uh, from a biblical standpoint, uh, again, 
we don't use medicine as a, or medical care, dental care, optical care as a bartering tool for the gospel, mm. where if you'll do this, we will do this. Uh, you know, come, you have to jump through all these hoops for us. Now, this is simply my philosophy. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to throw stones at anybody else. This is the way I look at it and the way God has led me and our ministry. I'm not going to say, if you'll come do all of these things for us, then you might get a ticket or you might get access into our medical clinic, but you got to do all these things first. That's not it at all. Um, I, I, I believe uh, it's not how much I know, it's how much I care. I, I want them to see how much I care so then I can tell them what I know about Jesus Christ. Um, and, and so I really want to accomplish that. I want to make sure that I'm simply using this as a tool to show people how much they are loved, that they were created in the image of Christ and that they absolutely are valuable. Uh, because again, we see that the the value of human life is diminished in so many of these countries that for someone just to have a person take the time to listen to them. Um, I'll tell you a really fast story. Do we have time for me to tell you? Yeah, a fast story? please. Yeah, we're in Kenya, Africa. Uh, we had these uh, five schoolgirls walk into a clinic. Most of the time, the, the kids from these local communities, they want to just meet an American. They've never met one before. Uh, a lot of times they want to practice their English. These girls came in, they got their school uniforms on, a white shirt, blue pleated dresses or skirts. Uh, one of the girls, her skirt went all the way down to the floor. It was very, I, I noticed immediately uh, she had a flat affect, just kind of stared at the floor, a uh, very blank look on her face. Uh, we kind of got them divided up, sent to the different providers. This little girl with the long skirt, she goes and sits down with one of our doctors and he begins to talk to her and ask her what brought her in. And she's very shy, very quiet. And, and then very slowly, she just kind of lifts her skirt up a little bit to show him her ankle. And it was immediately evident she had elephantiasis. Oh, uh, wow. So she's got this parasite in her body. Her body is pr producing more lymphatic fluid trying to flush this parasite out. It's not being flushed out. So it just causes an enormous amount of swelling and disfigurement and pain, discomfort. Mm -hmm. She's very ashamed of this and she shows him and immediately his heart is broken. Uh, you know, if we were in the States, if we were in a bigger community, there's medications, there's things that we could do. This problem would be solved with no problem at all. Uh, but where we are with our limited pharmacy, there's no way we have anything that can care for this. But then he notices on the backside of her ankle where she could not have seen because the swelling was so great, this, this huge cut, and it was very badly infected. And he said, no, we can absolutely do something about this. In fact, we need to do something about this. Come with me. He takes her into our wound care area, and there's a, a nurse there and a nursing student. And the student, uh, not but just a few years older than this young girl, just jumps up with a huge smile on her face. I happen to be there for this moment and says, I want to help her. How can I help her? Hmm. And he said, well, can you clean her wound? Can you wash out all this dirt that's in there? And uh, we need to, you know, put some, some salve in there. We need to dress this wound. We, we got to take care of this. And she says, absolutely. So the little girl sits there, she takes some gauze and some water and begins to clean this wound. And I walk away for a few minutes. I come back and the little girl sitting there, she's crying. I get a translator to come in. Hey, ask her, you know, if this is too much pain, uh, we can we can stop this. We don't want to traumatize her. He talks to her for a minute. They kind of go back and forth and he looks at me and now his eyes are welling up with tears. And he says, she's not crying because it hurts. She's crying because no one's ever touched her there before. Uh, her parents think that she's demon possessed and her body is, you know, distorted like this from a demon possession. Um, the kids at school make fun of her. They all think she has a communicable disease and nobody really wants to be that close of friends with her. She's crying because nobody has ever touched her or done anything like this. Hmm. For us to just sit there for a minute and and love on her because she's created by God. 
for God, to do something great for God, share the gospel with this young lady. Um, you know, in the end of the story, the girl does trust Christ as her savior. Um, I don't know what happens then. It's been a long time since I've been in that part of, of the country. Um, but I can't help but think in my mind that just simply taking the time, the, the touch, the love, that's what I think the gospel is teaching me to do. It's mm -hmm. not to do those things only, but it's to do that in conjunction with giving the gospel, with getting them to have her go from that room to meet the pastor's wife who sat down and talked to her and told her that she was loved and to invite her to that church. That's what this is all about. That's, that, that's just a small little glimpse of why I am so passionate about what God's called me to do. And I think that is biblical medical missions, in my opinion. Well, that... I've got nothing to add to that, man. That was awesome. <laughs> and thank you again so much. If you guys are listening, again, go check out their website, medical-outreach.com. Whether you're just a person interested in going on a trip or you're a pastor looking for more information about their ministry and how maybe your church can partner with them, check it out. Bradley, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate no, it. Thanks, Cal. I appreciate it. Thank you all for your time. Thanks for allowing me to be a part of the program. All right. Well, there you have it. What an awesome guy Bradley Edmondson is. If you've never heard of him or his ministry, please, I do implore you to go to their website uh, at medical-outreach.com and learn more about them. Even if it's just uh, you're, you're a nurse or a medical professional who's always wanted to go on a medical missions trip, but either couldn't find a, a and uh, an organization to go with or or you were worried that like well I don't know if we're actually going to share the gospel or if they're going to be working with local churches Bradley's team as you can tell is very focused on not only providing excellent uh, medical uh, help for people, but also partnering with local ministries and local churches that share the gospel with the people who come through the clinic and then have a place to go and be discipled when they get saved. This isn't just a, a, a giant evangelistic uh, crusade. This this is missions and utilizing uh, the, the medical field to do so and to really help out these national pastors and churches and other missionaries around the world. It's, a, it's really a great cause, and if that interests you, please check them out. Um, but also consider how you might be able to help, whether you're going on a trip yourself or even just partnering or supporting Bradley and his team. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you back here, same time, same place next week. God bless. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe and share us on social media. Also, please make sure to check out our other podcast, Theology Roundtable, at theologyroundtable.com.